This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins a national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Chuck, what's going on? How are you? Thanks for uh, letting me switch. I appreciate that. Oh, of course. Of course. You can request anything, and we'll do our, our absolute best. Well, you can request lots of things. Yeah. It doesn't mean the answer is always going to be yes, so I appreciate that. You got it. You got it. Uh, let's see. Um, I, I, I walked in on your recording a little bit of uh, the Gimme the Hogs Chuck uh, podcast, uh, which will come out a little later on this afternoon. Did a lot of talking about uh, the return of Devo, uh, just because this is... Um, this is a unique situation, not for somebody to step away for a team for any reason and then come back, but that it's happened twice in two years, and it's somebody that's in his fourth year with the same coach in the program. So obviously, I mean, there's something. Were you surprised when uh, when Musk mentioned that he came back when you were sitting next to him at Sassy's the other night? Well, not really. Um, I, I never felt like Devo would be gone for good. Um, you know, I said, oh, 10 days or so ago, whenever this went down, that if he was gone for good, if this is it, um, it'll be one of the saddest things that I've seen in my time around here. I know there are several schools of thought on this, and, and I, I've, I've heard the reaction, and um, I knew it wouldn't be as positive as it was a year ago. I, I, I understood that it would be that way. Um, I think one of the things that's unfortunate right now is that when a team is two and seven in conference play, and most people thought you might be seven and two, uh, there are going to be scapegoats, and um, there's no doubt, you know, that fans pick out guys, and um, sometimes they make them the scapegoat for what's gone wrong. I hear the people that say he shouldn't be allowed back, and by hear you, I mean. I, I understand where you're coming from. I mean, I I do. I mean, I'm an old guy. Um, I understand very clearly what you're saying. And in many cases, um, I'm right there with you. Matt, I'll let you address this part. You know better than I do. But I've always, I say always, over the years, I've come to believe that sometimes a young man needs the team more than the team in reality needs the young man. I think this is one of those instances. I don't know what's going on between Devo's ears. I have no idea. But I know he's better off being part of this basketball team than not. I am 100% certain of that. I don't know if it's going to make an appreciable difference or not with the team. I mean, they weren't winning games, frankly, with him. So, um, and, and they maybe, you know did a little better without him i i'm not sure so i don't i don't know what it'll mean to the team but but matt i'm sure you've been around guys that you know in your heart of hearts that if they weren't part of that team man it'd probably go south in a hurry and i think we're in that situation right here yeah chuck i think we had a couple receiver a receiver and a d-back last year i remember you we talking about this um on, on the show but they they weren't do, being as productive and then they kind of flipped the switch and 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 had some good years for the team last year i i don't know that i'm, I'm with you i don't know what the whole deal was it's kind of odd to to have a healthy scratch two years in a row and then to come back uh, I, I know this. If if Debo's if he's buying in and he's having fun with a smile on his face and and he's playing basketball, he is one of the our better players. No 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 question about it. 
I'd expect him to really ball out, you know, for what's left of the season. I, I'll, I'll I'll be surprised if he does, and I don't know what that's going to mean. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't have any idea what it's going to mean in 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 terms of wins. Um, but I would expect him to play well. Now, here's the one thing that I do think, um, and and if you've been around a team, I I I think you probably would would agree as well. If the majority of this team did not want him back, mm-hmm. he wouldn't be back. Mm-hmm. He would not That's be back. Um, I mean, you've been on teams, Matt. You know this. you got to get a feel for the locker room. I think you're exactly right, Chuck. And if the team was not on board with Devo coming back, there was no mandate for us to let him back. I mean, there was no public outcry saying, you've got to bring Devo back. He could have very easily just said no, you know. And um, so in terms of what it's going to mean to the team, we don't know in terms of wins and losses. But is it going to disrupt or further disrupt things? Again, I, 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 I think if if the team went to Muss and said, we don't want him back, I have no doubt he would not be back on the team. Some of that also has to do with, and I'd love to have been a fly on the wall for the conversation with with Mus and Devo, you know, because there's a lot there's a lot to get at there, including the fact that the season hasn't gone the way that anybody thought it would, or or, or probably that it should have gone. Um, but you, you you bring somebody back into the fold, and it's like, all right, well, what what do you want from me, coach, or what can you do for me, kid? And really, I mean, it's you got to get back to play in the way that he has played his entire career which is with energy, with passion, you know, being a good on-ball defender, which is the thing that just blows me away is how many how many times that we've seen players get past Evo. And I think in previous seasons, it's not looked as easy as it's looked at times this year. So, yeah, if you come back, you come back completely bought in. I just want to, I want to see the same player that I kind of fell in love with as a freshman and loved following his career these past, you know, three and a half years. Well, I think when you really put Devo's career under a microscope and you really start going through this, um, there have been games, big games, where Devo has come through in a major way. There are also games where he barely shows up in the box score. I think what people have wanted to see was the Devo that we saw against Texas Tech, the Devo that we saw against Kansas. Um, we've wanted to see that every game. And we've assumed that because he's been around a long time that he's going to be the leader of the team. Sometimes guys aren't leaders. I'm not saying that Devo's not. I'm saying sometimes guys are not leaders to the extent that we think they are from the outside looking in. Um, Devo's not been the consistent player that a lot of people had thought he would be. Um, He has not been the consistent leader that a lot of people thought he would be. Um, I get that. But he's not cornered the market on having guys blow by him. And he's not cornered the market on blowing assignments and seemingly not being all there mentally for games. He's not cornered the market on that. There's been lots of guys who've been through that this year. Now, he is the one that stepped away. And he is the one that has done that twice now. And so for those who are less than forgiving, again, I, I hear you. I understand what you're saying. 
But I also think in this instance, Eric Musselman made the right decision. I don't know if, uh, you know, uh, did Coach Muss make the right call for the team? You know, I guess we'll find out. But, again, I doubt Coach Muss would have allowed this guy to come back if the team was not on board with it. And, you know, I think Eric Musselman, the human being, who does understand that at the end of the day, there is still a higher calling in all this. It gets lost in the shuffle. But there's still a higher calling in all this. And um, I think he made the right call. Now, does it mean a turnaround? I don't know. But um, I'll say what I've said before and will probably say again. I, I'm, I know Devo's better off being part of this team. I, I am 100% certain of that. And, yeah, I, I wonder, too, with that COVID year, we'll, we'll find out. You know, Devo has another year where he could be a Razorback if he wanted to. So that would be interesting. Yeah, with this, I, I mean, it's kind of been such an emo- emotional roller coaster this year. And it, it, I guess, been trending down a little bit. But, you, you, Chuck, I, I tend to believe and have a little bit of hope that if I don't know if Brazil's coming back or not, but, but the way the team has bought in, the way the team is playing a little better, I mean, is five and four? Am I am I reaching? Am I grasping at straws here, thinking this team can go five and four in their last nine games? Well, I think we've all gotten in trouble trying to look at the big picture. Just to be real honest, this year, and I I don't think that um, you know I I hate to say it like this, but I don't think this team's good enough to look past the first three minutes of the ball game That's Saturday. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just don't. And um, uh, let's let's get to that first under sixteen timeout and see where we are. Um, I just kind of think that's how it is right now. I, I, I don't think that it's, I don't think it's easy to predict the outcome of a game. You know, you might not believe they're going to win, but it's like, or are they going to lose by two or are they going to lose by 22? Um, you just don't know right now. Uh, I think that the hope would be that you compete, that you don't throw in the towel and, um, you know, I know Muss is competing. I think he's driving himself crazy competing, if you want to know the truth. Um, but you want to see a team that competes. And if you do that, um, you know, and if you can uh, improve your execution. And, I mean, that's a big if for a team that's dropped seven of nine. I mean, sometimes you feel kind of silly saying it because there's no, there's nothing to indicate it's going to happen other than um, – you know, we've seen him and this staff coach him to the point in seasons past where it didn't look like they'd get to. And we've seen players like Mason Jones that, you know, must seemingly feuded with every day um, turn out to be pretty good guys and turned into pretty good players before those seasons were over. Maybe with all these new guys, it happens a little bit later. Um you know, let's be candid. With nine games remaining in the regular season, they're out of time in terms of being, you know, one a team that you look at and say, well, they're going to be an at-large NCAA tournament team. I mean, they're out of time on that. They've, uh, you know, we know what's got to happen for them to get into the big dance. But the first thing that's got to happen is they've got to compete for 40 minutes, pure and simple. And, um, you know, that doesn't guarantee you that you're going to win, but I can guarantee you if you don't do that, you're going to get beat. And hopefully they'll they'll be able to do that. Um, I do think Saturday's game will be an emotional day. I hope it's emotional for the right reasons. And I hope they can find a way to win the ball game Saturday. Um, 
But again, you know, let's let's start well. You know, let's have a decent start. Let's not get to the ten minute mark in the first half and already know what's going to happen. Um, let's 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 begin. Let's walk before we run and and see if maybe they can pull that off Saturday. All right, we got Chuck for another segment. We can open up the McClarty Daniel hotline. Take your calls. Text line also open, 877-377-6963. We got a lot of other things we can hit on here with Chuck. Super Bowl's coming up. Of course, that's top of the list. Jalen Brunson just dominating. I know Chuck's New York Knickerbockers are just, dude, his, I, I, every game he's played over 30 minutes in the last three weeks, he's scored over 30 points. I mean, this I dude, ch- he's unreal I right I check now. the boxes every night right. before I go to bed, see how they're doing. Also got a new way potentially to be watching sports in the near future with a new streaming service that might be coming out. If anybody's got more money to spend for that. Sounds like cable. (laughs) (laughs) It sure does, doesn't it? The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. Hickey and Hole Law Partners are now here for you and all your legal needs in MENA and the Little Rock area. Hickey and Hole Law Partners specializing in divorce, custody cases, civil litigations, and more. Having over seven decades of combined experience to better serve you and the community you live in. Please visit KevinHickeyLaw.com or call us at 479-434-2414 for a consultation or come by an office nearest you. Things are about to get better. Super Bowl coming up on Sunday, Chuck. I think I'm watching the Super Bowl with the women's basketball team. We play in Knoxville Monday night, so we'll be there the night before. Actually, that could be a lot of fun. That's a group of people that will want to actually watch the game. Where will you take in the Super Bowl, and how do you do it? Well, you know, this year it'll be, uh, it may just be me and the dog. I don't know when you get right down to it. I got to be honest. I haven't really thought uh, thought that far ahead. That's terrible. It doesn't quite hold the same magic for me that it once did, although I certainly will watch it. I'm, uh, I, you know, I'm one of those guys that likes to watch the game. I, I, don't, I don't care for all the Super Bowl party stuff. Yeah, does that I, make me a grumpy old man? N- not at all. I saw the I saw 1967. Thirty seconds in a in a Super Bowl commercial was forty grand. Twenty wow. twenty 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 four. That's like the ticket price now. Yeah, twenty twenty four. Thirty seconds is seven million. Yeah. Uh, Chuck, I, okay, I want to ask you this because it, I mean it is Super Bowl week. One of my favorite Super Bowls. I just want was was. The, the junior Seau, it was the 49ers versus San Diego Chargers. That's my uh, least favorite. Jerry Rice had like 14 catches, three touchdowns. Steve Young, 24-36, six touchdowns, zero interceptions. That was one of my favorite. What's one of your favorite Super Bowls, Chuck, that, that you remember? Well, any one of them, the Cowboys won. Um, you know, I was thinking about the Super Bowl a couple of days ago. My first Super Bowl, now I'm older than you guys, but the first Super Bowl I remember was um, when the Colts beat the Cowboys in the old Orange Bowl. Uh, this would have been, I guess it was the 70, 70, uh, 1970 Super Bowl, I think. And um, then the Cowboys 
won it the next year, if I'm not mistaken. And then the Dolphins had their uh, perfect season in 72. I remember that Super Bowl really well. But, um, oh, there have been a lot of great ones. But any of them, the Cowboys won. I would. Uh, that was 1971. Would, would you're, you're, you're right, Chuck. That was 16 yeah. 13. I think that's yeah. the Johnny United. I think that's the only Super Bowl where the losing team had the MVP. That's right. Chuck Howley was the MVP for the Cowboys in that game. And um, I want to say the kicker's name was Jim O'Brien for the Colts, who kicked that field goal. And then um, I think the Cowboys beat the Dolphins the next year, maybe. And then the Dolphins had their perfect season. Then the Dolphins went on their run. It was so funny. I was listening to Greeny on the way in here today, and he's got Jeff Saturday on, and Saturday was giving him crap because Greeny's, you know, mentioned his uh, anniversary of his Super Bowl loss to the Saints. Be like, well, that's not anything you really want to remember. But it's like, think about like Bobby Richardson winning the MVP for the New York Yankees in the 1960 World Series when they lost the series to the Pirates. Is that a little bit of like, what do you do with a trophy like that and with memories like that? Yeah, I played great, but we lost and I hated it. Well, you can tell everybody, see, it wasn't my fault. Right. <laughs> Somebody else's fault. That's exactly right. That's right. Well, it should be a great game. Um, I, oh, I you, think it's going to be a great you game. You got a feeling one way or the other who you think's got an edge here? I, I'm starting to lean towards the Niners just because of the, that I roster. Think the better roster yeah. overall. I don't know, man. Um you can go broke betting against Patrick Mahomes. And um, you got Big Red over there on the sidelines, you know, and Andy Reid. Um, Jason Kelsey, wouldn't this drive people crazy? I think Kelsey could be the MVP. I think if Kansas City wins, that matchup is so difficult, even for a defense like the 49ers, who's not exactly been setting the world on fire the last month or so. If... Um, if Kansas City wins, it wouldn't surprise me if Kelsey's not the MVP. Wouldn't that be a storybook ending? Man, that would be that would be wild. My 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 there's a lot of talent on this field, Chuck. That that's for sure. I think the most talented offensive player, not a quarterback, is is Christian McCaffrey. Uh do you think for 49ers to 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 win this game now? It, the Chiefs scored 15 points a game in the regular season. We, we, we know all that in their defense, but do you think Christian McCaffrey has to have 200 all-purpose yards, meaning rushing, receiving, however he gets the ball, he's going to have to have a big game? Well, if McCaffrey has 200 all-purpose yards, the Niners probably win. Um, I wouldn't guarantee that, but they probably win if he has that kind of day. But he's a great player. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, can one of these defenses force turnovers? You know, that's always the wild card in this. Um, you know, who puts pressure on the quarterback? I mean, they can both be pretty average, you know, if if if, if they get pressure. Um, but McCaffrey's key for San Francisco. I mean, there's, there's not any doubt about that. Um, I think they can win without him getting 200 all-purpose yards, but I just about guarantee they do if he gets to that total. If I'm the Chiefs, I take the ball first. I think as long as it's a one-possession game, you got Patrick Mahomes. If he can be one-possession game in the fourth quarter, I'd be heavy Chiefs. I think the 49ers need to try to get the ball and get a lead early because if they don't, I just don't think Brock Purdy. I know they have a lot of weapons, but I don't trust Brock. I, he's a gamer. We get, I get all the things, but it's like I don't know that if it's a one-score game that I think that Brock's going to take him down for the touchdown. 
Well, he's probably going to have to, you know, get big plays from his big play guys, you know, in in in, in order to do that. Um, you're not, in all probability, going to look at the end of a game-winning drive with the Niners and say it was because of Brock Purdy. Uh, you might, but, you know, with Mahomes, it's generally because of him. So you have to give Kansas City the advantage there. I, I, um, I think San Francisco's been the better team week in and week out. If you base it on the previous four and a half months, Niners are the pick. Um, but I'm just telling you, I, I've, I, I've, I've learned my lesson the hard way. I'm not going to bet against Kansas City. Philly had the more talented roster last year, Phil. And you remember that play? They scored twice on it, just the hot route out to the guy mm-hmm. that they were able to do. So it's going to be interesting to see what, what, what they come up with. Chuck, I want to do a uh, yeah, subject change with you here because the, right. the idea of a Super Bowl in Vegas and all the professional sports in Vegas, if you would have transported yourself 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you'd be like, well, this, that's crazy. Five years ago. Even You're right. Well, what about the idea now of direct payment of student-athletes, and maybe we can't even use the term student-athletes in these cases, of employees who are playing sports for your university? Because every day it feels that we're going closer to that this nlrb ruling the other day for dartmouth basketball patino saying college basketball needs a salary cap the 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 two big leagues the power two, the sec and the big 10 forming this advisory group um it, it that day is coming closer and closer probably going to get here sooner than anybody expected yeah i'm still not quite sure what to think about all this um you know you could you know you can come up with a lot of did you ever imagine we would see this kind of scenarios. You know, from a very amateur perspective, I would wonder if when and if students or these athletes, student athletes become employees of the university, when and if that happens, does it not have a chance to level the playing field? And my reasoning on that is that it seems to me as though, maybe I'm wrong, but my idea was that there's all this television revenue out there. Uh, they're just making they're making money hand over fist. The players, they don't have any money. Well, the idea is to compensate the players. Okay, we've come up with an NIL system. But that's not the television money. The television money is still going to the schools. And the players aren't sharing in that money. This NIL money is a whole different pool of fans donating. It's a whole different pool. And... It's still private money. Well, the only way that I understand from what it's the way it's been explained to me by people smarter than me, the only way that the, the, the kids can share in the television revenues if they're employees of the school. So maybe if you do that it levels the playing field to a certain extent. It takes the NIL, you know, maybe to the extent we see it now. Um, not out of the equation, but makes it less part of the equation. I don't know. I, I, I'm just speaking off the top of my head. Um, people that understand the law and people that understand employment and labor relations and all this stuff, uh, at least better than I do. Um, I don't know what the answer is, but the current system right now does not allow for the players to share in the revenue that comes from all this TV stuff. And to me, I thought that was the whole impetus behind all this, was that everybody's getting filthy, stinking rich off this TV money, and the guys that are out there playing aren't getting anything. Well, now they're getting something, but it's still not the TV revenue. So I don't know. That's a long way of saying I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't know either. It's just 
the, the, well, the whole deal is changing in a way that is happening so rapidly right now. Yeah, Matt. One real quick because we, we I wanted to change change the subject again with 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 the Knicks trade deadlines Friday. Do I, I like them out of the East? I mean, I, I have I think they have a chance to make the Eastern Conference Finals. Do they go? Do they go make a move? Would you like to see them go and get somebody else? Oh, I guess if you've got you know a player out there that can you know give you some production when Randall's out, somebody like that. Um, I don't think they need to tinker with it too much. I think they've already made their trade. You know, when they got OG from Toronto. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've already made their big move. So maybe they make a small deal here and there. But I wouldn't disrupt the apple cart. I mean, that's – I mean, they're they're playing winning basketball right now. Well, with Milwaukee's kind of a mess and then Joel Embiid out in in Philly, I I really think the Knicks could be the second-best team behind Boston in the the East with with Philly kind of Milwaukee going. So, I, I mean, they got a shot. I think so. I mean, I think that second spot behind the Celtics is wide open. They're in the hunt, and that's why I say I, 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 I wouldn't tinker with it too much. Chuck, real quick, it's nine days before Arkansas baseball. Do you have a favorite number nine that you could throw our way? Joe Torrey. Great one. There he is. That's one that nobody yeah. has sent in yet. He well, wore number nine with the Redbirds, baby. Don't ever forget it. That's very good. All right. Thanks, Chuck. Appreciate All you. Right, guys. Thank See you, Chuck. You. you can count on Chuck for coming in with one that nobody I, thought and of. And a catcher at, at that. Yeah. He might have played a little third base when was, he was there, too. Okay. He was both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was both. He was, he was lead-footed. I was I was surprised I pulled the Terry Pendleton out of, of that third That was base. another good yeah, one, too. Yeah, yeah. Here's our number nine so far as we come close to wrapping up our number one. Drew Brees, Ted Williams, Joe DiMaggio, Joe Burrow, Bill Elliott, Roy Hobbs, Cal Ripken Jr., Tony Romo, Bob Pettit, Reggie Jackson, Ina Slaughter, Terry Pendleton, Steve McNair, Joe Torrey, and Nine Circles of Hell. That's a good one sent in by Rob. Dante wore number nine, too. Ooh, watch out. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dry January is over. Check out the new Valentine's Day specials like liquor-filled chocolates. They have Jack Daniels Store Pick Barrel and Willet Bourbon and Rye as well. Come by Eastside Liquor at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. It's National Signing Day, the late signing day now, even though they call the last one the early one. And uh, it's a special day for a lot of high school athletes that are putting pen to paper and get a chance to uh, get the spotlight on them today. One of them is a, an Alma native. He is from right here in Arkansas. It is Jackson Daly committing to the University of Missouri. Uh, and uh, that will happen later today, 245 at Alma High School. And we've got Jackson on the McClarty Daniel hotline right now. Jackson, how are you doing today? And congratulations on, on your decision. you got to be excited today. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm doing good. How about you all? Doing well, doing really well. Yeah, uh, doing good. So um, I want to I want to know um, why this signing day instead of in December, because that's when so many uh, football players, you know, make the decision, decide to go to school early. Uh, so so why why today instead of December? 
Well, really, uh, I hadn't made uh, my full decision yet and allowing a couple extra months to talk it over with my parents and different things really solidified my decision to go to Missouri. That's pretty cool. Your pops, have you, have you been able to pin your, your pops yet? Have y'all wrestled a little bit? I know, uh, Adam, Adam was a stud, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Growing up with a dad like him, it's always been, uh, somebody to look up to, but yeah, I feel like I'm up there now, but he probably will say so. I like it. I like it. Hey man, how, how, how was your senior year? How, how did it all work out this year? And, and did you play multiple positions this year? And what position are you looking at, at, at playing at the next level? Well, um, this year in high school, I played quarterback for Alma, but, uh, going to Mizzou, I'm going as a linebacker, so it'll be new to adjust for a little bit, but I feel like, I mean, I have linebacker in my blood, so it shouldn't be anything crazy for me. Is that is that where you knew you were going to play, or did you think that potentially, because when you see the word athlete, you're like, well, this is somebody that can play maybe just about anywhere on the field, except maybe right up there on the line of scrimmage. Were there other positions you considered? Did the coaching staff have to, you know, try to convince you one way or the other? Well, um, I went to their summer camp, and they offered me this as a linebacker, so I just felt like that was the best place that they thought for me to go, and so that's what I've been working towards. When it comes to, I mean, there's a couple kids in the state of Arkansas. Did did the University of Arkansas recruit you at all? No, they didn't. They didn't give me hardly anything. Yeah, they're they're funny up there these days uh, with the in-state kids. Well, you're, you're a legacy. I'm going to get into this a moment. You're well, a legacy, Jackson. What I mean, that had to have been. Um, how did that make you feel if, if you didn't get contacted by Arkansas? Well, I've been. I mean, obviously, I've been a Razorback fan since I was little, having my uncle, dad, and grandpa all play there. But I mean, Coach Strankwitz is an awesome coach up there, and they treated me like I was the one of the best players in the state. So. I felt like that was the best place for me to go out there. I didn't really put much thought into what Arkansas had to say. Yeah, the relationship, that's very important uh, on, on getting relationships with the coaches and, and, and going on. Um, well, yeah, that's – that's. Um, when when do you have to report up there? Uh, May 30th is my report date. And, I mean, did, could you imagine what, giving up your – you know, this last semester of, of high school? I, I know so many high school – football players now go to campus in January. And mm-hmm. I I didn't have the chance to do that as a seventeen year old, but I had so much fun that last semester. Um how how do you how do you view these next few months and, and the end of high school for you before you report to Columbia? Yeah, I feel like uh certainly enjoying your last semester of high school is big and going up there May thirtieth it'll give me time to really get acclimated to everything and go through the workouts but I mean, obviously, if I was to go early and go through spring ball and everything, that would help. But I feel like just getting acclimated in May is enough for me. How much uh, do you talk with any of the other Arkansas kids? I guess you got Crutchfield and Pine Bluff. Uh, I, I don't know. I can't think of the other one slips my my mind right now. But how much do you are you in contact Austin Dendy. with with any of these kids and, and excited about the opportunity to play with some of them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been. Uh, we talk on Twitter and different things like that, and I'm friends with different kids from around the state that are going to different places, and they all they're all really excited about Missouri and think it's a great place. What What about Missouri? Do you uh, you know Do you think uh, is attractive uh, for a football player right now? They're putting a lot of money into that. One ten games last year. I mean, year. you got yeah. you got the success of this oh, last yeah. year. Well, I really just uh, the first time I was up there, I was just amazed about how the people and how nice they were and. 
how they treat everybody with respect. And I just like the facilities they had up there and all the coaches were really great to me at the camps and everything I've went to up there. And so really, I just fell in love with the place. It just felt right. That's right. That's right. Hey, uh, Jackson, we're, 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 it's nine days to baseball season. I don't know. Are you a, were you a multi-sport athlete at, at Alma? I was, but, um, now it's my senior year. I just focused on football. Right on. Right. What on. else did you play? I played baseball and basketball throughout high school off and on, but now I just do mainly football. When did you realize football was going to be your future? Um, around the end of my freshman year out is when I really started putting everything towards being a football player and playing division one football. It's Super Bowl week. Uh, kind of give me your thoughts on this Kansas City Chiefs San Francisco 49ers game. Who do you uh, who do you? I love watching some Dre Greenlaw. I mean, I know you're, you're oh, saying yeah. you're going to be a linebacker. Who who are some guys that you you like watching and studying and film? And then who do you think in this in this Super Bowl matchup? Who wins this game? I, I like a lot of the like Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey. All those guys are great players, and like you said, Dre Greenlaw coming from Fayetteville. But really, I just want—I want the 49ers in this game. To be honest with you, I like it. I like it. Do you care how often uh, Taylor Swift is shown? I do not want her shown at all. Do you? All uh, right. <laughs> so he's got an opinion on this. Not a Tay Tay guy. I like it. Could you, <laughs> if you had Christian McCaffrey uh, in the backfield and he's running a power at you, could you make the tackle? Um, I, I feel like I could, but you know, never know. He's in the. Played millions of dollars, so. Oh, hey, no, I like it. <laughs> Might be nice to have a defensive lineman around his ankles. That's right. That That's right. Yeah. Hey, um, I, I want to hit on, on something that you'd mentioned a moment ago here, Jackson. You know, growing up in Arkansas, and you've got the connection to the football program and everything. I mean, you you even said, you know, you've been a fan. Um, does that end? I mean, you're, you're, going, you're going to the rival. You're going to a team that Arkansas mm-hmm. plays every single year. You know, some of us are able to compartmentalize life in that way. Do you cease, you know, being a Razorback fan, playing for another team in the same league that, you know, there's 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 the stuff that goes over the border here, man? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously my whole family's been Razorback fans, but now since this has kind of happened, I, th- I feel like we've all made a transition pretty well. I mean, even my dad, and who played for the Hogs, is now... I mean, when Mizzou played Arkansas this last, I uh, can't remember when it was, but he was cheering for Mizzou. I mean, so really it hasn't been that hard for us to transition. Well, it's been such a bad product on, on the field last year. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's clearly who, who's the better team right now is, is Missouri. And, and, and it's, it's, uh, I, man, I wish you nothing but, but success. And, and, uh, I, I, I'm very fond of, of your, of your pops. And uh, man, that's that's cool. And I, I with this transfer portal, so that's I guess that's where Phil was going. There's there's probably no chance in three years that like Arkansas comes back in the portal, and you're like, yeah, I want to be a Razorback. It's, it's like, oh no, no. Yeah. Well, that's not that's not really the direction I meant to go at. But I oh, mean, that's, yeah. how, that's how a lot yeah. of people yeah. take it just yeah. because of the freedom you have. Um, yeah, you could you imagine? Because we we got into this with Chuck Barrett a few about an hour ago. You know, it feels like we're in we're on a path to where student athletes are employees of the university and and could get paid by the university is this ever something that comes into your mind uh yeah i mean with everybody talking about nil and different things it certainly crossed my mind but that really doesn't uh concern me much i'm just concerned about getting up there and playing football and doing the best i can for the university 
Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. One of our people right now, Danny West, is with us from 247 Sports, recruiting analyst and expert, and we appreciate his time on National Signing Day. But I also wonder, Danny, back in the day when this was the signing day, you wouldn't have time to do any radio shows. So that tells That's you right. how things have changed. Yes, yeah, changed a lot. You know, about I would venture to say 95% of your signing class typically is, is in the books. by December. So, you know, it's a little bit different nowadays. Um, just not a whole lot left for Arkansas's class. You're sitting here at 16 signees. That's a really low number, the lowest lowest number I can ever remember covering. So, yeah, it's just pretty uneventful for the traditional national signing day here in February. Danny, what about the kid, uh, the receiver so, that just? Hey, man, um, the the kid that just I, I saw where he's he decommitted from Arkansas and he's he going to A and M? Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, Aston Bethel Roman uh, committed to or signed with Texas A&M this morning. Of course, uh, Arkansas had to battle. Uh, speaking of December, they almost lost him then, Matt. Yeah, uh, this is a four-star kid out of Missouri City, Texas, Ridgepoint High School, top two four seven talent, one of the highest-rated committed guys on Arkansas's list for a long time. And then, you know, Kenny Guyton left. They had trouble um, down the stretch there trying to flip him. A uh, and M was trying to flip him. Missouri tried to flip him. I think Ole Miss was in there a little bit too. So they had to fight off a few teams just to keep him in December. You don't see this a lot where a kid goes ahead and signs and then a month later ask you know out of his uh, letter of intent. I think Arkansas was not happy to see him go. Obviously, you don't want to lose a guy like that for a lot of reasons. He's, you know, first of all, he's a really good player. Secondly, you're talking about a really highly ranked guy, so it hurts your overall ranking in the end but and the perception standpoint obviously that matters too but um yeah not really surprised that he chose a&m this morning uh texas kid missouri city texas kid most of the time it's going to be really tough to to get those out of there and um that was a strange one matt i'm sure they weren't happy to see him go but in the end i mean you can't sit there and beg a guy to stay you know so you're probably I hate to put it like this, probably better off uh, better off without a guy like that because, you know, uh, that just spells trouble in the long haul to keep a guy around like that if he's not truly happy. So once Kenny Guyton took that Wisconsin job, I think it was um, not all but done, but uh, you could you were definitely hearing rumors that he wanted out. Yeah, if you, you don't want to be here, then, you know, you want That's kids right. that, that want to be here. I, I'm with you on that, Danny. Hey, how, how has uh, Bobby P been uh, received with some of these kids 
uh, coming in to be the offensive coordinator at Arkansas. Uh, does he have his eye on anybody, or who, who do you think is maybe some speed on the outside that we could be getting going forward? Sure. Yeah, we'll start with the speed. I knew Matt Jones was going to ask me about speed, guys, and so I actually got a little intel for you this morning. I was sitting here thinking Matt's going to ask me who the fastest guy is in this year's class, and I'll tell you, it's Cross Johnson, late addition out of uh, uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. After Bobby P. came back, he, he went in and kind of snuck one in on us. This is a guy nice. that we didn't talk about. You know, you know, on the recruiting trail, Bobby comes in, fell in love with his speed. I think they feel like he's a diamond in the rough. Uh, the kid can flat-out fly, Matt. I talked to him this morning. He told me his fastest. Uh, he's on record for a 10-54, 100-meter. But the fastest one he ever unofficially was 10-49. So that's scooting pretty good. He told me he's still looking to get a 10-3 at some point. So he's probably the speed guy. In terms of uh, quarterback recruiting, it's kind of a unique situation at Arkansas right now. When Bobby came in or returned to Arkansas, you know, they had to go get a, a transfer quarterback, and they did with Taylor Green, uh, the quarterback from Boise State. Got that one out of the way, but you already had your 2024 guy, your senior high school guy in K.J. Jackson, and you also had 2025 already filled for next year's class in Grayson Wilson out of Maumel, uh, CAC, I should say. So, you know, with that, Bobby comes in, and all we've seen mostly is 2026 offers. So, I mean, he's targeting sophomores at this point. You know, you ask about his uh, uh, reception on the recruiting trail. It's a little bit different now than it was 10, 12, 14 years ago when he was here. Now you hear stories from Kane Archer just down the road from you guys in Greenwood, of course, coveted national-type recruit. He tells me Bobby comes into their locker room. He's playing ping pong with the guys, and I'm going, wait, that's the same dude that I used to watch out there at practice <laughs> like a madman, you know? So it's been interesting to, to see uh, how he's kind of turned into more of a, a position coach and not just the, the CEO type overlooking everything. He, he does have personality, and he's putting that to use. So, well, he got one of his hey, guys. He's still got a big name. Still got a big name out there. He carries a lot of weight. Danny, he got one of his guys from A&M to come over to Arkansas, Jordan Anthony. I saw he's already sure. made an impact with the track team. Here's a guy that you'd be interested like in. It. I mean, like he's, a, he's, he's a track star, too. Um, maybe not yeah, the biggest absolutely. wide receiver, but he's got the speed you're looking for, right? Yeah, I think so. And that's another trend, Phil, that we haven't really talked about. You know, you remember three, four, or five years ago, Justin Stepp, it seemed like everybody was 6'4", 210. And now we're kind of going back to the 5'11", 170, but boy, he can run type, you know. And I think Bobby's always had that type of guy. You know, it makes you excited for a guy like Isaiah Satania, uh, potentially taking that next step. I think he's got all the talent in the world, all the potential to do it. And now you've kind of got a small collection of those type of guys with Johnson, with Jordan Anthony, Isaiah, and some of the guys coming back. So, um, you know, it's been interesting just from a size and, and skill standpoint. They're, they're really changing that receiver room. Danny, are, are, you, are you looking forward to spring ball? And, and, and what do you want to see <laughs> out, of this, out of this squad? I mean, kind of what, do you, you know, touching on early as far as just something that we can be better at. What do you, what do you hope to see something we're better at this spring? It's all about offensive line to me, Matt. I mean, I think we all learned last year. Arkansas had a, a good team. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but you look at the roster last year, they had everything I think they needed to have a pretty good season, uh, the type of season we expected, eight, nine wins, you know. 
But, man, if you can't block, as we found out last year, if you can't block it, all those skill guys goes away, man. It doesn't matter what you've got on the edge. So, you know, to answer your question, I think I'm, I'm just like anybody else. Until they fix that offensive line and we can see tangible results on the field, and that's going to have to wait until the season. You know, I mean, we can go out there and watch them in spring all we want, but, um, you know, I, I got to see it really week two against uh, uh, over in Stillwater, Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. those type of teams. You want to see it proven. So I think they've got a long way to go, a lot to figure out, but I like the pieces they've added there. I don't think they're done yet. I don't think we've seen the last departure from that group, the offensive line group. I think there still could be some more movement outgoing and incoming as we get into the spring months. That's probably going to have to wait until May. Of course, you get another 15-day window, uh, transfer window in May. So uh, that should be a busy one. Yeah, I mean, we're expecting a pretty crazy 15-day window in, what is it, May 1st through May 15th? That's is, right. Is yes, that going to be just absolutely nuts? You know, for Arkansas' standpoint, I don't, I don't think it's just going to be, you know, balls to the wall. Sorry for the phrase, but uh, they just don't have very many spots left at this point, Phil. Yeah, they've still got needs to address. I would say a couple of offensive linemen probably need to attack defensive interior spots. I think they're only down to five scholarship defensive tackles right now, and that's just that's not a great number. Uh, going back to the offensive line, they're at, what, 14 scholarship guys. Really, you want that number up around 16, 17 at a place like Arkansas. So um, linebacker, of course, seen a lot of movement at that position group. Of course, Pooh Paul, Manny Powell, uh, Jordan Crook, Jaheim Thomas, all four of those guys are suddenly gone, you know, and you're kind of depending on a, a new transfer coming in, Xavier Sori. I think everybody feels good about him as a potential edge rusher type out there on the edge. He can, he can do a lot of things. Now he's going to be asked to become more of a, you know, go get him type linebacker, and you're kind of counting on some of these freshmen maybe to come on. So that's a little bit scary, especially when two of your uh, really most coveted freshmen coming in aren't going through spring ball. Only one of the three high school linebackers is going through spring ball. So I'd like to see them at least get one more there. And maybe in the back end, if you had another spot in the secondary, maybe another safety if you could find one. That's just me being picky. But, um, yeah, the offensive line and defensive line, they've got to have a few more, uh, no doubt. I'm with you on that that O line. We'll get that shirt up a little bit, uh, Danny. I, I want to see what your thoughts are on 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 Coach Travis Williams' second mm-hmm. year being the D coordinator. You get Landon Jackson coming back on that D line. What what do you what do you expect to see out of a Travis Williams defense in year two? Well, yeah, it's a great question, and, and then you have to go back and and answer some of those questions. Who were you able to attract mm-hmm. in the May uh, transfer period? Because that's going to go a long way and and shaping up this defense. Now, I like what they've got coming back at the defensive end spots. Obviously, they've done a ton of work to the secondary. I think the secondary is going to be um, uh, pretty good, uh, if I could say that. I, I know it's a roll of the dice. We've we've seen that burn us a few times, but I like where they're headed there. Really got to get a linebacker, man. I, I would like, and it doesn't have to be a superstar, you know, a former all-SEC, all-Big 12 type. You don't have to have one of those. It's great. Don't get a guy with three or four years of experience who can, you know, uh, help you out in a spot and get some of these young guys a little bit of time uh, to keep developing. Uh, you know, uh, you look at last year's roster, Antonio Greer, Jaheim Thomas, maybe not 
top 10 type transfers, but pretty good players on the field. If they could find one more like that, I'd feel a lot better about that linebacker group and ultimately the defense. But uh, Travis Williams, I, I'll tell you, man, I did my report card on the, uh, I'm sorry, superlative story this morning and actually named him Recruiter of the Year this year. So anytime a coordinator wins Recruiter of the Year on our site, that's a pretty big deal. And uh, we haven't seen that a lot at Arkansas, especially on the defensive side. So I, I think that should excite people. Um, you know, Arkansas has kind of bucked the trend a, a little bit here lately. I think the, the overall quality of defensive players they're getting nowadays is much higher than it was even three years ago. I mean, when you can go out and, and get a couple of top two, four, seven defensive linemen, you got one at linebacker, you got one at corner, and three of those I just mentioned are from out of state. They're not just homegrown products. So, you know, they're able to go out and attract different uh, areas now and pull out better players, and uh, that's been a nice change. Now the offensive line's got to come on some of these other spots, but Travis Williams uh, has really done a good job in my opinion. Let's get into the in-state stuff and, and, and close on this. Is Arkansas making a mistake not extending uh, scholarship offers to some of the better players in the state? You know, we had Jackson Daly on earlier. I don't know where he ranked in-state. I was impressed talking with the kid. Um, he's a legacy. You know, we know about Drake Lindsay. We know about mm-hmm. uh, about Walker White and 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 what happened uh, sure. with uh, the kids from Pine Bluff. So, you know, is it is the is the coaching staff making a mistake not at least extending offers or paying attention to some of these kids? Because it's like I think they know what they're doing. That's why they're coaches. But yeah. Some you know some people wonder. Yeah, there's two parts of it. There's really two ways to to ask the question you know some of those guys they just got beat on you know Courtney Crutchfield Walker White I mean they they went all the way and and tried their best to to get those guys but just didn't work out in the end that's a mistake in my opinion you've got to get those guys got to keep them at home in a place like Arkansas but they didn't do it the second part of that is uh, you know there's been a lot of guys frankly guys that you know they get up here Arkansas may have reached on them they're an in-state guy and we've seen it time and time again where they get on campus, and you already know as soon as they step on campus, probably not going to work out, probably going to be out of here in 6, 12, 18 months, right? And sure enough, that, that trend uh, becomes true. We've seen it time and time again. So I say that to say this. You're sitting at 16 signees, and a large reason for that this year, a smaller class, is because they didn't reach on some of these in-state guys they used to reach on. And, you know, you're talking about three, four, five guys. Yeah, that could have boosted your ranking a little bit if you had pursued them and ultimately signed them in the end. You're probably not talking about a top 25 class as opposed to being at 30 right now. But is that really helping your program, or are you just trying to make it look a little bit better on, on paper when you can use those four or five spots to go get transfers that you know or feel much more confident in being able to help you right away, if that makes sense? You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. 
Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.